Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. All right, parents, guardians, moms, and dads, we have back with us one more time my very special guest, Nathaniel Turner. Uh, Nate is the author of several books, including the children's book series, The Amazing World of STEM, and his history-making book, Raising Superman. And we're privileged to have him back with us one more time. So without further ado, here is Mr. Nate Turner. Nate, thank you for being back with us for the Fearless Parenting Podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here yet again. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, having been a dad myself, and I, I know that uh, what, just tell you a little bit about myself, uh, when I was born, my biological father did not really want to see me or have anything to do with me whatsoever. And I, I don't say that as something being that I'm bitter about or anything because I, I God granted me the privilege of bringing a man into my life, mm-hmm. uh, Reverend Robert L. Hackney, who uh, did set a good example and was that father figure, as well as bring several other men into my life, my Royal Ranger uh, commander, uh, Marvin Lemke, as well as several other men who were uh, godly role models to me, but I know this, whether you have a son or you have a daughter, a man has a very important role in the household because only a man can show a boy how to be a Christian man. My, my wife is the greatest wife in the world. I know you may disagree with that, but I would tell you, my wife is the greatest wife in the world. Uh, I, I love her dearly. We've been married 27 years but she, God didn't create her to teach my son to be a man. It, that that was my job. And with my daughter, hey, uh, <laughs> my, my wife is has taught her how to be a Christian woman, uh, a role that I, I I'm not suited to. Uh, you know, I could never do the job that my wife that God created her to do. But there is something that I could do regarding my daughter is to show her be an example of the type of man that she might want to marry later on in her life and to be there for her and to love her and protect her and encourage her. You know, Nate, when we we start talking about protecting women or protecting our daughters, people say, well, you're coddling them, you treat them as less. No. When my daughter came to me and my wife, she had a problem with uh, math and she was struggling with it and and some other things. I said, hey, 
trust us in this? Can you trust mom and dad in this, that we we believe in you until you get to the point that you can really believe in yourself? Can you trust us in, in that, our belief in you? And we got her a tutor, and she ended up going to college where she tutored other people in math. And so she's a strong young lady. I, I, I love her. But I, I want you to talk to us, Nate, about the things men should do the moment they discover they're going to be fathers and then things they should do afterwards as they're raising their kids. All right. Two things, two things immediately come to mind. The very first thing I would tell all men should do is, is ask themselves who they are. Mm. <laughs> so good. Right. So often we want to bring in a, bring a new life without figuring out about the life that we live ourselves. So I, I, that that's imperative. Who are you? And by, by who are you, meaning who, who, who are you the fruit of? One of the things, you know, I always ask, who's your, you know, when, when I was growing up, and I'm sure it's the case for you, people would want to know who your mom and who's, if someone was visiting or you were going to someone's house, they say, well, who are they folks? And they want to know who their mother and father were that you were going over someone else's house. I would say you're getting ready to invite someone into your home, into your life, for the, who's going to be dependent on you for 18 to 21 years or more. Who are you? Who is it that they're going to be visiting with? Who is it that they're going to be living with? Who is it they're going to be learning with? Who is it going to be providing um, a roof over their head? Who are they going to count on for meals? Who are you? That's the very first question I would ask anybody who who's thinking about being a parent, male or female. Who are you? And and then who would you like to be? You know, if you if you don't know who you are, you you really don't have a starting point. Whether no. it's parenting or anything else, right. and we we fail, and I I have failed to realize who I am. And uh, thus, I, I really had no starting point or I those are times where I stalled out in life. But when you know who you are, and I would add to that and say, whose you are, um, that my God did not make any junk. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. So, so you got to know who you are and whose you are. Yep. Yep. Uh, to, to borrow from your, your biblical reference, God says, I am. When mm-hmm. asked, who are you? God says, I am. Uh, and so, right. Who, and, and being able to say, I am X, I am A, I am B, I am C is important that you know that before you embark upon having someone else that's then one day, one day have to figure out who they are. Well, you know, one of the things, Nate, and it seems obvious to me because of the other episodes you talk about the accolades of your child, it it seems like the only way that he could have got there, he could have pursued excellence, is that you let him know that there was excellence out there to be had. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I love your emphasis on STEM and and making sure that, that your son had access to the resources to be excellent in all of those areas. But why is it that it, it seems a, a lot of parents today 
or that taking the time to find out what's going on in the school? Uh, are, are your children, do your children have access? Are they being challenged to become the best version of themselves so far as science and technology, and engineering and mathematics? I think so. One of the things I would say is this country does parents a huge disservice. I, I believe especially the the lower we are on the socioeconomic ladder, the more of a disservice we have, which is to say all childhood educators, all child development specialists, psychologists, Aristotle told us this long times ago. The Jesuits knew this long time ago. In fact, Aristotle's quote is, bring me a child at seven. I'll show you the man. Mm-hmm. Aristotle knew, the Jesuits knew, child psychologists know, child develop, development people know that the makeup of a child happens from zero to seven. The brain is formed, social behaviors are formed, et cetera. And those things happen at home. And yet in this nation, we don't prepare parents to be their own children's teacher. So instead, what parents do is we sit around and we wait. We wait for kindergarten. We wait for first grade. We've wasted six, seven, in some cases, eight years not giving our children the kinds of skills necessary to want to learn. So now I sh- you show up at school and what does a child learn how to do? Well, they learn how to play a sport because every parent gives a kid a basketball kid. Every child I've got. I'm guilty of that. The very first one of the first pictures I took with my son uh, as an infant was with him a little bit of football in his hand. <laughs> right. Every child's kid has a pair of Jordans. I, I'm guilty of that. My kids, cat, my son had Jordans and sweat suits and all that kind of stuff. That was again, that was part of it. But but we were giving him some other stuff as well. But on, but the majority of parents are 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 under this guise that we should just outsource what happens with our children. And mm-hmm. so we show up at school and they've spent six or seven years with a tree that didn't know who it was and a tree that wasn't fortifying itself, that wasn't learning anything new, that wasn't taking care of anything new, that was focused on one thing about work or building their own self-importance in their career. And so then one day you get a child at school and you say, my child's not performing. And I would say, well, well, who would be surprised at that? Because your child is an expert at not performing because this is what you've set your child up to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. We we are our children's uh, chief role models. And I think a lot of parents found out during COVID that this outsourcing uh, of teaching, even even if they did everything that they should have done from age zero to seven, uh, when we have our kids in these uh, institutions we call public schools, (laughs) and we... We're still outsourcing because we're not tapping into what's going on. And I think a lot of parents tapped in and go, oh, my goodness, everything in the world's going on except reading, writing, and arithmetic mm-hmm. and an emphasis on STEM and an emphasis on excellence. And I think parents have learned a very, very valuable lesson. We have to remain uh, tapped into what's going on. I call it in my parenting book, I call it the away game. Hmm. What happens when your child is away at school? Uh, are, do you know who their teachers are? Do you know what's being taught in each one of those classrooms? Are you making sure that when your child come, comes home that they're 
doing the homework that they need to do, that they're working on the lessons that they are assigned to do. Mm-hmm. Are you involved in that? Because that's taking care of the away game mm-hmm. uh, so far as, as your kids. And then when they're home, you, you, you take care of the at-home game by making sure that you're teaching them, you're working with them, uh, you're being proactive in the home so far as school, who your children's friends are, who they're interacting by bringing their friends to your home mm-hmm. so that you can control that home game. But to control the home game and not have anything to do with the away game is a fallacy. Absolutely. I mean, you, you get no, you're going to just get an amen from me if that <laughs> – <laughs> I'm, I have no, I have nothing to disagree with that. I don't know that I have anything of, of significant value to add to that. I, I would would say only, only thing is that uh, a doctor, he's deceased now, Doctor K. Anders Erickson. He is, he was the, if I want to say father, the person who came up with this ideal around deliberate practice. This ideal you've heard around the ten thousand hour rule that if you do something for ten thousand hours, that's what it takes to become a master or an expert in something. Um, most of us, unfortunately, right, we spend 10,000 hours, again, outsourcing what it is that we want to happen for our children. We spend 10,000 hours avoiding who we are. We spend 10,000 hours not not answering what our hopes and dreams are. And then one day our child is not performing as we would want them to perform. And then we suddenly we want instantaneous change without recognizing that we have spent 10,000 hours to become who we are. We cannot expect the kind of instantaneous change when we spent 10,000 hours to be who we are. Thus, that's why you say it's past time to parents live up to the time honor belief that they are their child's first yep. Yep. and most important teacher. If we start that way from the beginning, by the time your child gets to school, you will have you you will be so ingrained in being a part of the process that you you won't be so surprised or caught off guard. You'll notice sooner than later when things are not going the way that they need to go. You won't have a third grader who can't read and then wait and, and wait and hope that someday that the child will figure out how to read and then find out when they graduate from high school. They still can't read. You you won't do that. Your child, you will know your child can read. You'll send a child to school having already learned to read. So now they're at school reading to learn as opposed to sending them to school to learn to read. It's a huge difference. You'll send kids to school who can do math, not kids who are learning to count. So you'll you'll give your you'll put your children in a position such that even the people around them will have no choice but to help them because your children will be so far ahead. And you know, you don't have to be a road scholar. You don't have to be a mathematics expert. You don't have to be a science expert. I, I, I think about Dr. Ben Carson and his mother, who uh, she, 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 her, her education did not go very high, but how she structured her household with her sons mm-hmm. uh, produced uh, two very successful sons, one, one being a, a neurosurgeon. And it's just that she she created that life template, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and she and she was proactive, and she acted as the chief role model for her kids. Thus, 
she she constantly had them pursue excellence. They said, I want to thank you for this. You have dropped so much gold on my parents. And I appreciate you being here and, and uh, helping to point them toward ways that they can become the best version of themselves and how they can encourage their kids to become the best version of themselves and set them on paths to do better than they have done. Because isn't that what any parent should want for their child? To do better than they have done in life. Yeah, certainly what I want for mine. And I believe the thing that my parents wanted for me. And I believe the thing my grandparents wanted for their children. And I believe that, you know, the thing that our ancestors, when they were on those plantations and all they could do is look up at the North Star and hope one day that they'd have, they'd be free. I, I imagine that that's, that's what they wanted to. And, and I feel like you and I, it's our responsibility to do, to make manifest those dreams, those hopes and dreams that they have for you and I. And always aspire to be the very best that you can be. Yeah. Well, Nate, I appreciate you being on, on this uh, podcast. Can you tell our parents one more time where they can find you? Yep, absolutely. Um, you can find me simplest at NathanielAturner.com. That's N-A-T-H-A-N-I-E-L-A-T-U-R-N-E-R.com. And then on the site, you'll find um, uh, a link for books, a link for our, our courses, a link for our not-for-profit, the League of Extraordinary Parents. Um, you'll find all that stuff. And mom and dad, you've heard his heart over these three episodes. I want to encourage you to take a look at his book. We're going to have a link. You can come to the podcast description. You can click and go. It'll take you there and you can read about the reviews and you can read a little bit more about his book. But you've heard him over three episodes. Again, I don't get anything out of his books or do I desire to have anything out of the selling of his books. I'm bringing Nate here because, again, he I feel that he will help you become the best version of yourself as a parent, as a guardian, and, and that's my sole purpose for having him here. But check him out. Go to his website. Get a little bit more information about him. We'll have those links in the podcast description. I also have a link to my parenting book and other resources that I know that's going to help you be the best version of yourself. So that's it for this episode. Thank you, Nate, once again for being on this podcast. And until next time, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was what said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.